Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Hey, here we go. Here we go. It's another round of the overflow. Man, overflow is a proactive force against lifeless Christianity, all forms of teaching, all forms of the faith that don't generate life, man, that don't generate life and electricity and juice, strength and power, all of the things that we need in our lives to survive, all the things we need in our lives to live into the fullness of life, the fullness of life that God our Father has for us to live. One of the driving questions in my life, uh, litmus test, that helped me stay in uh, calibrated in what God our Father has for me is this. Does Jesus, did Jesus have to die? Did he have to go through all that he went through, the resurrection, all, of, all that stuff? Did he have to go through that in order for me to live the quality of life that I'm living today? Ooh, man, yikes. Did he have to go through what he went through so that I could live what I'm living today? I love that question for me because it helps me to see life that I'm living on, leaving on the table, right? God, our Father has life for us. It's not of this world. It's extricated. It's transcendent. It's, it's all of those things, but it is still life, man. And it's life that's available for you, life that's available for me. And it is so readily available to us in the name of Jesus. And one of the things that keeps us from it is by embracing standards that are less than what God our Father has for us. What God our Father has for us is life. L, capital L, capital I, capital F, capital E. Uh, and one of the ways that I'm grounded in that is by understanding what did Jesus go through and did he have to go through what he went through so that I could live the mediocrity, the man, the just doing the best I can. Is that really what Jesus died for me to have? And I want to live into the fullness of what he has for me and so overflow living is a life that only jesus could produce in us by the power of the holy spirit there's no other way to explain it no no other way and so that's what overflow is it's a corrective force against any lifeless form of teaching that 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 no matter how good it sounds or whatever there's just no punch to it there's no zeal and zest and those kind of things uh, and so let, let's get into this. It's a long preamble. Let's get into it in, in, in this way for today. I want to talk about inner voices. Yikes. Inner voices, uh, the traffic jam of the noise between our ears. And I got into it in this way. I'm reading the other day in, in 1 Corinthians 15, and, and I come across these, these two verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, the apostle Paul says this, Uh, For I am the least of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove in vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. And I I was wrestling with this question from Paul's testimony, 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10, I wonder what the Apostle Paul's inner voice would have sounded like. I wonder what his inner voice would have sounded like. Now, we all have an inner voice. We all have an inner voice in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 9. Paul will call our, our inner voice our conscience. He will call it our spirit. 
you have a spirit, I have a spirit, you have a conscience, I have a conscience. That is our inner voice. The source of our inner voice is our spirit. It's our conscience. This can be that we have an inner voice and that we can hear constantly can be a good thing or a bad thing. When our consciences align with the Holy Spirit, it's a great thing because we get to enjoy all the fluidity of spirit blessings. Um, But when our voices, when our consciences are left to drift away, we can suffer equal negativity for all of the condemnation and negativity and accusation can just just be so pervasive in our in our hearts and minds in first corinthians 15 9 to 10 uh, paul we get kind of sort of a glimpse we're kind of reading between the lines a little bit but i think we're safe in doing that here check me um uh, in this in first corinthians 15 paul is making a defense for the resurrection of jesus based on all of these post-resurrection appearances that Jesus made. So Jesus wasn't just resurrected and then disappeared. Jesus came back to life and he made these series of appearances to many different people in different places. And so Paul's argument is that, hey, how, I mean, all of these different people, even up at one point, a, a crowd of 500, all of these different people saw Jesus resurrected post-cross. And so, of course, he's resurrected. Uh, Paul says in the last of the sequences that, hey, even the resurrected Christ even appeared to me. Paul says he he even appeared to me. And Paul's blown away that the resurrected Christ would even have appeared to him. For Paul is the one, Paul is one that persecuted God's people. Paul draws our minds to Paul's story, Paul's testimony. that Paul is the one that persecuted God's people. So remember, Paul, and in this point in Paul's life, he went by the name Saul. So Saul was Paul's birth name. Uh, Saul oversaw the murder of Christians. This you can read this in Acts chapter uh, chapters eight and nine. Paul over Saul oversaw the murder of Christians. His memory. Imagine what his memory would have been or could have been filled with. His memory could have been filled with the screams and the blood of innocent people. The, the Apostle Paul led kill teams commissioned to hunt down Jesus followers and destroy them. He took moms and dads from children and ended their lives. And, and Paul thought he was doing all of this in service to the, to the one true God. Imagine, imagine what his inner voice could have been saying to him. Imagine the amount of evidence that his inner voice could have been drawing from to accuse, to slaughter, to belittle to demean to condemn the apostle paul uh it would have been easily for him to suffer under the weight and darkness of all that imagine how nasty the apostle paul's mornings would have been when he woke up imagine what would have flooded into his mind could have flooded into his mind knowing what he had done and what he had been a part of in his life But Paul's 1 Corinthians 15 recounting of his story takes a turn from verse 9, where Paul says that Jesus appeared to me the least of apostles, for I was persecuting the church. That's verse 9. Then in verse 10, here's this transition, this transition in verse 10, where Paul says, but. He says, but. Paul says, but. I persecuted the church, but. And then he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. There's a new life. There's a new calling by the grace of God, by the grace of God, living grace, active grace, transformative grace in which 
who Paul used to be is no longer who he is. And what Paul used to do is no longer what Paul is doing. Now consider, consider, embrace, think about what kind of impact God's grace could have had on Paul's inner voice. What is the impact that God's grace, that our Father's grace could have had, could have had on Paul's inner voice? Do you think Paul still woke with visions and tape recordings of screens and scenes of death and murder for which he was responsible? Do you think Paul still battled those things? Do you still think Paul was still taunted with those things? I think he was. I think he was. For even though that's not who he was anymore going forward, that's not what he dedicated his life to for so many years of his life. That's the severity of the darkness of what he lived in. And, 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 and we see this. I think we get good evidence of this later in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse 5, in which the apostle Paul trains his disciples to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Take every single thought captive and make it obedience to obedient to Christ. Why the severity of that? Why the 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 magnitude of every thought, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I think the reason that Paul was so severe in his training of his disciples is because Paul knew in his own experience how rapid his own thought life could descend into into dark, dark, dark places. And so I think Paul is training his disciples and Paul is training you and I to discipline our thought life, to take every thought captive because he understands how quickly his own inner voice could get dark. I think he understands it for himself. I like this. I'm, I'm very grateful for this in my own life because most mornings when I wake up, my inner voice is waiting to tell me how nasty and gray and bland my day is going to be. Uh, I wake up. And my inner voice left unchecked uh, can, is very, very naturally gray. And, and if I let it very quickly, it can descend to all manner of darkness with, with just nasty speed, with just alarming speed. I wake up and I start to come into my conscious awareness for the day and it's just blah and bland. I do not wake singing worship songs. I do not wake with the joy of Jesus emanating from my pores. I wake up a mess. I wake up a thought mess and I wake up an emotional mess in, in who I am as I look out on my day, whatever your day is. How did you wake today? When I woke, it was bland. And even this morning when I woke, it was bland and it was nasty on the inside. So what do you do? What do I do? What does the Apostle Paul train us to do? I pray. I pray. And when I pray, man, I'm sitting in the presence of our Father. I'm consciously sitting in the presence of our Father and I'm breathing. I'm taking big, deep breaths. And I'm relaxing back into our Father's grace. I'm relaxing back into our Father's grace. My day is determined by Him. Who I am is who He says I am. I'm not beholden. I'm not identified. I'm not controlled by my inner voice, even though it can be so pervasive. And like the Apostle Paul, my conscience has a lot of evidence. My conscience has a lot of evidence to pull from, to accuse me, to blame me, or convince me that today I am going to fail. Every day. Every day, the strength of my faith yesterday was yesterday or the weakness of my faith yesterday was yesterday. Today is a new day and my conscience has all sorts of evidence to work against me. Through my prayer, I reject all of it. I reject all of it. And then I embrace Paul's belief 
but by the grace of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I have been and am being changed. I have been and am being changed. God, my Father is at work in me. He is alive in me by the power of the Holy Spirit through the resurrected Jesus Christ. And I'm going to live this day and the next and the next and the next out of God's grace. I'm going to live the next day out of God's grace. I'm going to live this day and the next day out of grace, out of God's grace, upon grace, upon grace. And so how pervasive is your inner voice? How loud and nasty does your inner voice get? What are the words, the phrases, the feelings, or images that you wait to? How clear are you on your own, but by the grace of God, but by the grace of God. If you are in Christ, your entire life is by grace. What God is doing in you, what God our Father has for you, the erasing of what you've been through in the past, the erasing and the healing of what you've done in the past is by grace. You have a new calling, a new identity, a new life, and a new purpose. And it's all by grace. It's all by grace. So how clear are you on the but by the grace of God? How quickly do you draw from that? How, how much of that, like, like these arrows back here in my quiver, how much of the, of, of the grace of God is in your quiver? How much of that is instinctive in who you are? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Consider the severity of the apostle Paul's life. He oversaw the murdering of people. He oversaw the murdering of people. He oversaw the murdering of innocent people. Christ following moms and dads and even kids. He oversaw all of that nastiness, the severity of that. I have no idea what you've been through. I have no idea what you've done or what's been done to you. But maybe you can find somebody in the Apostle Paul that matches or surpasses the severity of what you've been through in your life. And then in the Apostle Paul, you can find somebody whose life demonstrates the surpassing greatness of the grace of God. For the grace of God is far more powerful the love of God, the reforming work, the restorative work, the healing work, the, the blessing that is available to us through the grace of God our Father is far more powerful and far more significant than anything that's been done to you or any series of things that's been done to you or anything that you've done or any series of things that you have done. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And as I relax back in, the, the, the invitation for you is to relax back in to the grace of God our Father in the name of Jesus that will begin to transform your inner voice. You do not have to be beholden to the inner voice that says you're going to fail or that says you're a loser or that says you're not worth or that says you're not blah, 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 blah. Okay, yeah, maybe in the past, maybe then, maybe even yesterday, but today I am by the grace of God, by the grace of God. And in the grace of God, I have the power, the restorative juice to live in the fullness of all that God my Father has for me. And so you pray, you pray, you pray and relax back in and you don't move. You don't, you don't, don't move. Stay there, abide there, soak there, drink and eat in the grace of our father. And when you feel yourself getting up to wander, you feel yourself getting up to wander somewhere else. Just breathe, just breathe. And when you wake in the morning and you find yourself somewhere else, just breathe, just breathe. You are who you are by the grace of God our Father. He has changed you. He has made you new. He has given you new life, new meaning, and new purpose. And you have the opportunity to embrace that grace and live, to choose to live out of the new grace, the new gracious work that God our Father is doing 
in you. This is the invitation, brothers and sisters. This is what the apostle Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I persecuted the church of God. I persecuted, I was a bad dude. I was a bad dude and I did bad things, but by the grace of God, I have been changed. And the grace of God, our Father, waits to change you so that you can live out of the overflow. You can live out of the overflow of the grace of God, our Father, not according to your strength, not according to your might, not according to what you can do, but according to the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit in you to change you, to transform you, to make you into something brand new. Pray that this has been helpful for you today, that the grace of our Father waits to flood you daily with truth, life, and love. This is Life in the Overflow. I hope that this has been helpful to you today. If it has been, would you send it, share it, Put it out there in all of your social media places that you wonderful people have. So many people following you and listening to what you got and and uh, checking out the resources that you're checking out. Will you share this uh, in all of those different places? Uh, if this has been helpful to you, we'd certainly love it if you could support us in the work to continually get this kind of messaging out to those people far and wide. Uh, otherwise, man, thank you so much. I'm here for you any way I can be. Jim at Trexo.org. Uh, send me a note and uh, let's get after it. Seeking to live together in the overflow. Thank you for joining us in the overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.